Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So about four years ago, when I started Conversa, I built a website using Wix, you know, that drag and, drag and drop DIY website platform. You've probably seen some commercials for it on TV. But I got to admit, I felt a little weird about it because I kind of had in my head that, you know, a real business website is built on WordPress and that a website that I built myself just, you know, wasn't good enough. And so after a few years, when I had enough money, I hired a company and I got myself a real professional WordPress site, which was, which was great. But did I have to do that? Or maybe I, it was okay using Wix. Maybe instead of paying a lot of money to get a brand new website, I could have, you know, opted for, to hire someone to improve my Wix website. Anyway, this has kind of stayed with me. And so to help us work through what I think are some interesting questions. My guest today is Nikki Clark. Nikki is founder and CEO of Nikki Clark Marketing and a fellow member, First Gen Entrepreneurs. Shout out to the First Gen crew. Mm -hmm. So Nikki, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. So now you provide marketing services for financial advisors. Correct. And I know that these are people, financial advisors, who get pitched all the time right? By, by, by a lot of marketing firms, a lot of SEO type firms, people like that, right? And I think one common message they often get is you need a whole new website, a whole new everything, right? Mm -hmm. What you're doing now sucks, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're going to be at all competitive, you need to do everything from scratch. So what's your take? Like if you're a financial advisor or really you know, any type of service provider, let's say, how do you know if when you get that like pitch. How do you know if that's for real? Like, yeah, you really do need a new website or if that's just, they're trying to get you to spend money and, and you really don't, you know, you could just spruce up the know. one you have. How do you know that? <laughs> you don't know. Like that's the problem. Like you don't know unless mm. you understand everything that's going on on the back end, which most advisors aren't going to, that's not their specialty, right? Like their specialty is taking care of people's money. They're not going to know about meta tags and you know, backup links and, and migration and all that kind of stuff. So that's the hard part. It's like, you believe you're like, oh yeah, I really, I do need to have a new website. Like it's scary. You, you know, yeah. it's, what are you going to do? So you, you don't know my, my biggest suggestion and actually um, did a webinar recently with Derek Pollard and Olivia. I always want to say Olivia Newton, <laughs> Olivia Looper. <laughs> Olivia um, Looper, John. Yeah. yeah Olivia Looper <laughs> with, with a lot of input from Amanda is that you should reach out to someone you trust, a uh, trusted, ideally marketer or someone who knows websites that can actually verify what you're being pitched mm. because you, you don't know at all. And I'll say, I'll say it just all depends, honestly. Like, okay. So when you, when, with your example, you probably would have been fine on Wix, but there is some really great benefits for WordPress, especially depending on the server that you're on too. So that makes a huge difference. But one recent example I had is I got on a call with a client and he was really worried because he had just spoken with a major company in the industry 
that told him all of his marketing efforts were not working Mm -hmm. and his website was not helping him and he needed to switch over, create a whole new website, Mm -hmm. migrate it over and buy their marketing packages because none of his marketing was working. And I was like, hold up, Jeremy, this is a financial advisor, right? He was on YouTube. He was on three different social media platforms and he was doing newsletters. He's doing more than I'm doing. And I'm not even (laughs) running people's like portfolios. He was doing great with all of his marketing. I was like, absolutely not. Keep doing what you're doing. His his YouTube videos were getting like, for a financial advisor, he was getting about 350 views. Mm. I was like, you're doing just fine. And then I looked at his website. There was nothing wrong with his website Mm. at all. Um, Now, I didn't go into the back end, but I doubt this other company went into the back end also. But he had every, all the best practices on his website. And I was like, you're doing absolutely fine. Come to find out, he was getting qualified leads from his Calendly on his website and through LinkedIn regularly. And I'm like, you don't need mm. to do anything. And this company was trying to pitch him to migrate everything over, lose SEO. And I was like, I was like, stop, hold on. No, and that's the problem. I, mm. I do think, you and I discussed this a while ago. Yeah, I do think that there is definitely occasions where you do need to build a new website on a new hosting platform. But you, you really don't, it's just a case by case basis. It really honestly depends. Okay. So, so in, in, in that instance, the example you're giving, it sounds to me like that was just straight up scare tactic marketing. Yep. Yeah. By a reputable marketing agency mm. dedicated to advisors. Yeah. Okay, which would suggest that this kind of stuff is all too common, these kind of things. Very, very common, uh-huh. yes. I am probably getting at least three or four of these calls, concerns, fears a month about, oh my gosh, I just spent money on this SEO package and it's not doing anything or, you know, my website links are broken. It's it's common. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm on the receiving end of that, if I'm a financial advisor getting, you know, pitch for that. And, and frankly, I do get pitched for that kind of stuff all the time. I got, mm-hmm. in fact, I think just today I got at least two emails of like, Hey, we've looked at your website and in so many words, like it fucking sucks. Yep. You need us to do this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, nah, I really don't, you know, but I've had a little experience, like, and I actually have a website guy. So it's also partly like, I don't need you. I already have somebody. But so it, like if, if, but if I'm, you know, more vulnerable, like I think I want a way to protect myself against that, against kind of getting taken by, uh, you know, for that, that kind of like aggressive marketing tactics. So what would be, well, let me ask you this. What would be an example of someone reaching out and being like, hey, your website isn't so great. You could use a refresh and you look at it. What would be, in a, when you're looking at your own website, let's say, what are you looking for to know if at least your website is decent and, you know, if, if the pitch you're getting is just kind of bullshit or if maybe like, well, maybe you do need a new website. Like, at least you need to have some clue. Like, what should you be looking for when you look at your own website? Yeah. First of all, let's not use my website as an example. It's like one of the cobbler, you know, the cobbler <laughs> is like, he takes care of everyone else's shoes, but he doesn't have any shoes of his right. own. Like, my website is 
not even close, but, but you and I also were discussing like gone is the day where the website is the only place to get leads. So that aside, what I look, because I don't do a lot of coding. I don't go into like Google analytics for everyone. I don't do all of that super high tech stuff. I reach out to someone I trust and they do that for, for me on behalf of the client and provide an audit. What I look at for them is best practices that a website should have and and things I know that are potentially either slowing the website down, such as too many videos, or that are causing people to bounce. If you have so many call to actions, it's like, whoa, overwhelmed. I I, I can't, and it's, it's too much. So I look at the best practices on the way that we can try and make sure when someone lands on their website, the website's working for them. From, for instance, yeah. if you have just body of copy after copy after copy, that's usually red flag number one. Way too many calls to action. I've been seeing this a lot lately. And I don't know who's out there doing it because these are already refreshed websites within mm-hmm. like the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. There will be like a contact us header mm-hmm. and then another header that says contact us along with a schedule meeting, then you have on the side a contact us, mm. and then you have something that pops up and it's it's too much. And so immediately, most people are going to bounce when that happens, or they're not going to know what to do or where to go. So that that's one thing. If it's not super specific, if someone were to land on my website and I said, I'm a marketer, for what, for who, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I at least have the copy now on there. I'll give myself credit for that. I tell them I'm a marketer for financial advisors. So you want to also always look at the copy and then the calls to actions. If there's just so much, you're not going to know where to go at all. It's just um, in in your header up at the top, it should be five, give or take. I saw someone's yesterday that had nine. (laughs) And I was like, what does that one even mean? There was a, I can't even remember. That's how much I don't remember it. Mm. One of the calls to action at the top and he goes, Honestly, I don't know. And I'm like, but this is your website. (laughs) (laughs) And he, you know, he was like, well, someone recommended that. But I was like, yeah, but you don't even know what that means. So that's that's the kind of stuff I look at. And then also, I'm going to do a little plug here for blogs. Yeah. Blogs are great for your SEO. And if you are not doing blogs, to me, that's like, you let's get on that like right away, like yesterday. Because... Google's even come out. Google's come out and said they would recommend four to six blogs every day. What? So that's ridiculous. But if you have no blogs or one every like five months, that I'm going to be like, hey, this right now is an easy fix for SEO. Like this is one of your Mm. easiest things that you can be doing. Yeah. So I look at, you know, various aspects of that. Now, when we go into the back end, like I said, I bring in the pros because I don't want to break anything. Google is recommending that people write four to six blogs every day. That's very generic, right? (laughs) So if you are someone that's selling goods, that would make more sense than someone as a financial advisor. I definitely don't recommend. First of all, people are going to be like, what are you doing with your time? Like, are you even looking at our portfolios? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That would send red flags to me as a prospect. Like, there's so many blogs on here. What's going on? 
Yeah, that and you're publishing them every day. Like no one has that much worthwhile stuff to say. No. <laughs> you know. No. Okay. So so what I'm taking away from what you're saying though is even if you're not an you know, if you're not an expert or don't really know much about websites, there are certain basic things that you could look at with kind of a fresh set of eyes and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I do, you know, like calls to action. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what that is." And I can kind of understand it. I think like on my first Wix website, I'm sure I had way too many calls to action. It's kind of this impulse of like, well, I just want people to take action. So the more I tell them, the more they will. But yeah, it's, it can get overwhelming and confusing. So that can be one, one thing. And then there's, I mean, on some really basic level, there's kind of a like website architecture for your homepage, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. hero image and the, the, mm-hmm. those things. Like, so again, if you're in that spot, and you're kind of vulnerable to getting, you know, pitched, p- pitched by people who want to sell you their whole package. Aside from call to actions, when you're looking at your own website, what are some other just really basic things that you should be looking for to know like, oh yeah, this actually needs a big overhaul or no, actually most of the things that are here that just need a little, you know, polishing. Some big things are definitely that mentioned earlier is just too much text. Um, we're we're like in a pendulum shift right now. Hmm. So before, probably when you built your website, it probably was best practice to have all those calls to action hmm. because back then it was. They recommended having it on the side, at the top, over here, and at the bottom. So like we're now going over here, and in two years we'll probably be back over here. Hmm. But that as a big one right now is I think maybe about two years ago a big thing was. Let's get a moving picture as the hero image, mm. right? Like let's zoom and scroll and stuff. Right. Like, now it's like, absolutely not. Do mm. not do that, which is just mind boggling to me because literally just two years ago, that's what I was recommending to people because that's what Google was saying. Mm. So we have to abide by the almighty Google, unfortunately. Um, and then the other one is stock photos. <laughs> They really can hurt credibility Mm. because let's say you have a whole bunch of stock photos on your website and then someone gets on a call, like a call like, like this with you and you're not anything like one of those stock photos. Uh. You're like, who are you? (laughs) Right. It's alarming and it's scary kind of that can And also stock photos don't help with SEO. Original Mm. photos help much better with SEO. And then the other thing, if I was just an advisor listening and watching this or anyone and like, oh, I need to fix that also is the team page. Mm. It, It needs to be accurate. It needs to be have your photos up to date. They should not be 20 years old. And tell people about you. Not It should not be your pasted resume at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another huge thing lately is you should probably have a calendar link on there somewhere. Uh, you're missing a large proportion. If you know, Some advisors are not allowed to because of compliance reasons, mm. although we're getting better. But some people would prefer to call. Some people would prefer an email. I prefer to just schedule it on a calendar right away. Like, let's just get this done. Yeah. So that that is definitely like if you don't have that and are allowed to get that on there right away. And too many pop-ups. They got to go. No one likes pop-ups anymore. Like not even to subscribe to a newsletter. Just put that at the bottom where everyone knows to go. Yeah. The pop-ups sound like another thing that maybe at one time that was kind of a trend. 
it now, was. And now it's like, don't do that. Everyone hates it. It was. Yeah. And we'll probably go back there. But right now, <laughs> people are tired of the pop ups. Okay. So another thing I'm taking away is that a lot of this stuff is very trendy. And what's popular now or what's considered like you must absolutely do this year from now, it might be the exact opposite. Yeah. And most of it is we're, we're watching user experience, but then like you, you want to always user first, always like you and I have even discussed this about the LinkedIn algorithm. It doesn't matter. Like content for the person, user experience always. Yeah. Next up though is know the best practices. Right. Like mm-hmm. it is smart to know what and how Google is ranking certain things so you can fall in line somewhat. Like I said, my website feels very um to me. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on over there. I haven't had time, but it's still getting the job done because people keep telling me they go there to check my prices. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, well then it's getting the job done for right now. Yeah. Well that I think that brings up <clears throat> Maybe a, a, another good point that understand the role that your website plays in your business, you know, and, and I'm sure it really depends, but it's, it would play a very different role. I think if you're like doing e-commerce, right? Like if right. you're selling things online, as opposed to that's, you know, you're not, you're, you're selling services, but people don't just like buy them online. They talk to you. So your website does something different and like, at least for me, you know, just personally, I've kind of learned, like, my websites, it matters, it's important, but it's not the only thing. It might not even be the most important thing. Because like mm. you just said, like, for my own, the way I interact with a typical, let's say, B2B website, if I'm at all interested, I'll check. I want to know, number one, just at a glance, okay, what is this? What, did, what, did, what does this do? Like, what is the service? And if it's not immediately obvious, then I just go away. Mm-hmm. But if it is, then I just, the next thing I check is the pricing if it's available, yeah. just to get a sense. Yeah. Right. And like, and often that's all I check. And then yeah. maybe one or two other things, you know, but meaning that at the end of the day, all that other stuff, all that, you know, fancy design and all the things, I'm not even, I do not care. I'm not spending any time just like, you know, browsing the website and marveling at its amazing design. It, I think it can be easy to forget that because you, you want your website to be awesome and like yeah. the details to be right. But I think that at least in my experience, the average user really doesn't care as long as the basic information is there. It's a funny running joke in the industry is that it's probably going to be one of your biggest expenses. Yeah. And, Still, honestly, probably one of the most important ones, but it's used probably the least amount of time by people. Yeah, right. Out of all the, because by the time, if they go to your website, well, actually, I, I don't want to generalize. I guess it just really depends. But yeah, like or it, the website's just one tool among many. Yeah, yeah but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary yeah. for sure. Although I, I have, operated two years without one. Well, yeah, so. I see that. I mean, I was talking with a web designer guy on the podcast, and he was kind of saying, like, I mean, he's a web designer. He feels like, yeah, sure, people need websites. But yeah. he's like, if you're very early in your business, you might, maybe you don't need it. You know, maybe you just need, a, like, your LinkedIn profile. And yep. that's what you're using for now. 
and that's okay until you're actually ready to have a website. Like his whole point was don't just, the website should not necessarily be the first thing you do. And like you put all your efforts into that before you even have any clients or like any real sense of what your business even is. Agreed, because it's going to change. I guarantee you. Yeah. I didn't build one until I was officially getting ready to launch my business. But after multiple people were like, hey, do you have a website? And I was like, okay, now it's time to build one. Yeah. But what I started out with two years ago, had I like, had I dropped 10 to 15,000 on a website, I would have had to change it drastically just six months later. And so that's why I'm kind of like, well, let's still see what's going on before I go down that route. Because I do eventually want to drop some money for that, but it's constantly changing right now in the early years of business. I've technically been doing it for on my own for three years. And it's just like, there's so much, you just, it changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I do that too. Yeah. I'm sort of notorious for paying a lot of money to have someone do it and redoing everything myself. (laughs) Yes. And that's why I'm like, Hey, if you do it on Squarespace, I'm on Squarespace. Or if you do it on Wix or WordPress, that's fine. Like it doesn't have to be something super like mega. If you're spending $30,000 on a website, I would expect you to at least have, you know, 10 people at your firm. Cause that makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. For a single person to be quoted 30,000, which is becoming common. Mm. Like, no, no run. Like It's hard to imagine, but I guess it's pretty common. Wow. Very so, common. okay. So bottom line at the end of the day, I mean, it sounds to me like if you get one of these come-ons and you're kind of vulnerable to it, the best thing to do is probably, I think, and you mentioned this up top, talk to a trusted source. Yes. Talk to a trusted source. Not one that you want someone who's going to agree with you, but talk yeah. to a trusted source who's in the industry and would know kind of after just 10 minutes of looking over the proposal, be like, you know, and there's, there's people out there. I'm, I'm available. I can't, I don't want to give anyone else's name because I don't want to, sure. you know, say, Hey, yeah, they're available. And then they're like, Nikki, I don't have time to do this, right. yeah. but you should know someone in the industry. And even if you want to pay just for like a hundred dollar consultation, I highly mm. recommend it before dropping 10 grand. Yeah, for sure. Chances are if you, if you're active at all, someone in your network, there's someone yeah. you can reach out to. You could even post that online Mm, and say, Hey, like, does anyone you'll get, you'll get lots of spam, but you might get one or two that are legit. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is all, this is all really helpful. A lot of food for thought. So Nikki, for listeners who want to continue the conversation, who want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I am on LinkedIn, as you know, discussed Nikki Clark. I think it's Nikki Clark, FPQP. I'm on Twitter. My email address is Nikki at Nikki Clark marketing.com. So I'm, I'm out there. It's, I don't, you can, it's hard to miss me. I'm out there. You're out there. Yeah. And it's N-I-K-I. N-I-K-I. Keep it simple. Right. Yeah. Right. Different ways to spell Nikki. So oh, I know. Yours. All right. I get really ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to chat with you and uh, yeah, cool topic. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. 
We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.